0: This episode of the Platinum Sombrero Podcast is brought to you by Heavy Metal Crayons. From the same heathens that brought you jazzy gel pens and mariachi markers, try brand new Heavy Metal Crayons. Why color with boring old red when you can use Lamb's Blood or Demon Horn? Chant your vengeful mantras and pine for terminal desolation while using the all-new Fire and Flame shade of orange. We've even managed to identify the colors of Anarchy and Torture. Also, be sure to try the new Prince of Darkness edition, which is just 666 shades of black, including Abyss, Witch Hunt, Sin, and Eternal Day- Damnation. Heavy metal crayons. Pet and pending.
1: 51,000
2: plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. Swung. Fly ball deep left center. Grips on the run. Yes! Yeah!
1: 25 lighters on my dresser, yes sir You know i got to get paid I five ball, back to right center And the
2: Braves have landed 25 lighters on my dresser, yes sir You know i got to get paid Swing
0: and drive, back to right Welcome to the sun. 25 lighters for my 25
1: folks
2: Now get ready, this is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts, Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert.
1: What's up everybody, this is your favorite host, Dylan Short, along with my awesomely impressive partner, Doc Herbert, bringing you yet another episode of the platinum sombrero brought to you by armchair all americans and today we are joined by i don't want to oversell this but probably the most famous guest that we've had on here so far Uh, he is the pride of braves country right now and a previous guest brian bridges one of his favorite prospects that he has talked about with us and that is the one and only patrick weigel patrick how are you doing i'm doing tremendous Uh, thank you so much for having me on glad i could join it's an honor to have you on it's pretty it's pretty cool that you were willing to come on with us uh especially considering what's going on. I know you're busy dominating the g c l uh <laughs> making some of these young guys look a little foolish right now uh i now this is this is just purely speculative. I heard that you hit a hundred in one of your g c l starts Good lord man uh yeah I mean I don't know if I got that
2: high, but uh the ball's coming out good, and you know I just feel uh for the first time in a long time. Yeah, there's just nothing going on in my arm for a while there. Um, I'd have to manipulate my arm angle or um, just manipulate different things in my mechanics to try to pitch around some pain that I was dealing with. And um, just for the first time in a long time, I feel like I'm able just to um, get within my mechanics, mind what I normally do, get on top of the ball, and just let it rip. And it's been feeling really good so far.
1: That's awesome to hear. Especially, it's always one of those really tricky subjects or one of those nervous kind of watches when you come back from a Tommy John surgery, just for fans. I don't even know what it's like for for a player. Uh, when you let it rip for that first time coming back from Tommy John, were there any nerves?
2: Um, I'd say most of the nerves came out when I started throwing my side sessions. Um, once I got into bullpens, um, it was just kind of gradually like – kind of pushing the boundary and be like, all right, like that still felt good, you know, and just kept pushing, pushing. All right. that keeps that, you know, that responded well, kept going well. And, uh, by the time I got to the game setting, it was really, um, I was, I was pretty confident what it was going to feel like. And, um, I was pretty confident going out there. Um, I had, I think three live VPs before I'd gone out for the first game. And, uh, I mean, everything felt good, um, just based on hitters reactions or like based on hitters' swings, you know, I could kinda of tell what the what my what the stuff looked like. And then uh going into the game, um, you know, I just had no words going out there and honestly it was just thankful to be back on a you know, in a game setting, back on a
1: mound. It's been a long road. It certainly has. And uh, going back to the game, I believe it was against Columbus uh, when the injury officially got announced. But you were you were saying that you've been pitching around it for a while. And for those that uh, have kind of lost what happened in the shuffle of, of all the young guys coming up, you were that guy that was blazing through the system. You looked like the guy that was going to be first between you and Newcomb and Sims you uh you were bringing it and uh one of my buddies uh does the, a lot of the replay for Gwinnett, so he was he was all hyped up on on watching you pitch um uh, did what was kind of when did it start actually cuz generally speaking when it's Tommy John or 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 elbow discomfort it starts out you know a, a little bit beforehand and it just kind of slowly matriculates was was there any were you kind of adjusting for that even before you got the call up to triple a um, honestly, um, I, I
2: first, I, I had sprained my UCL, um, in 2014, uh, when I was at uh junior college in California. And, um, since then, um, it had never really been the same. I'd have good days where I felt nothing and I'd be able to let it go. And then I'd have days where it was like, all right, like it's really barking today. And, um, it was just a, it wasn't like a one moment kind of thing. It was just a gradual, you know, wear and tear over time, uh, felt good all, most of 2016, um, felt good going, uh, you know, felt good going into 2017. Um, I'd say probably towards the end of maybe the end of Mississippi when it started to be like, all right, like it was becoming more and more of a daily issue. Um, and I mean, my, <laughs> my velocity and my stuff just kind of deteriorated um, through my time there. Um, and then that last start in Columbus, it was, uh, (laughs) it was, it was tough. I mean, I was trying to battle through it, um, just to keep pitching because, you know, you, you you know, what's on the other side of it. Um, you know, I knew something was going on and I knew that I was going to probably, um, miss some time and I was trying to battle through it and keep going. And, you know, fortunately after that start came in and I, uh, you know, went to Nick Flynn. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not coming out. It's not going well. Uh, you know, it it hurts. Um, then we talked to our pitching coach, Reed Cornelius. He's like, yeah, like maybe, you know, we could start, uh, you know, skip a start or two. And, and I just like, I was like, you know, I, I, in my mind, I'm pretty sure it was going to be a lot more than that. And, uh, you know, so we went in there and, um, got with the trainer, did the, all the tests, the movement tests, and then uh, I ended up going to see Doctor Andrews. Uh, after or I saw Doctor Lowry, uh, the team doctor, and then Doctor Andrews, and uh, the MRI showed that I had the the, the existing one I had in 2014 and had gotten worse, and then on the other end of the UCL, I had developed a new one. So I actually had oh. uh, two little tears in the UCL um, that I was dealing with, and um, because of that, um, you know, the treatment options you know, PRP or surgery and, and, uh, because it was on both sides, we opted for surgery.
0: Hmm. So as it pertains to, to the actual elbow itself, I mean, that's, it has to be basically stabilized for, for a pretty long time. As soon as the, as soon as the surgery is done, correct?
2: Uh, correct. That was in a slang for a good amount there.
0: Okay. So, you know, so much of what we see is just through the baseball lens, you know, we, we, we know that you're a guy just like us, but you know, we we see you on the mound, you know That's that's the main thing that we associate with you. But as far as the actual rehab That's when it becomes something so much bigger than baseball as far as the impact outside of baseball I mean, did you have anything in particular that was you know, just everyday tasks that wound up being a lot harder than you thought it would be?
2: Um, honestly, it was probably is the monotony of it um, As far as like pain wise or rehab wise once we got my elbow straightened out, cause you kind of have to, you know, there's, you got to go through a bunch of stuff to get your elbow back straightened out and then back to where it bends back towards your shoulder as well. So after all that, um, there really wasn't any pain after that. Um, but really the toughest thing is just the monotony of it. I know for a while there, I tried to, you know, you're only at the field for two or three hours. It's the other 22, 21 hours in the day. Like, what are you going to do? And, uh, so for a while there, you know, I'd play, I'd play some video games or I'd try to sleep it away. And and uh, actually, I was a, I'm was an Uber driver down here in Orlando. so No was, way. Uh, yeah, I signed up for Uber. So I was Ubering in the afternoons because I wasn't physically cleared to do anything. So I um, started Ubering down here and made some little, uh, you know, side cash. And, uh, you yeah, know, just found different things just to keep me occupied until I was able to resume baseball activities again. You Did anybody a- <laughs> recognize you? No, no one recognized me. But certified five star, no complaints.
1: <laughs> you are awesome. a mountain of a man. I don't know who would give you a one star. I'd be a little intimidated getting into that Uber. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what's what's the Uber code of conduct? Your music, or do you let the passenger pick theirs? Ooh, um, I, I I always offer the Offscore.
2: See what they want to do, um, but I mean, you kind of get a read on the person if they're, uh, you know, some people are really talkative, some people just have their head buried in their phones, and you just kind of read the situation. But there are a couple of nights where, like, you could tell, like, you know, people are going out someplace.
1: I, like was right, yeah. the ox cord, like, you know, get fired <laughs> up.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, we're you've got some filthy stuff, and we're going to touch on that in a second. But uh, I. I i i've always wondered this coming back from tommy john are you using the same arm slot did you have to change anything like uh where you're letting where you're releasing that or or change up any grips on anything
2: um no i mean everything's pretty much the same um i i mean i'm back in my original arm slot, kind of uh over the top high three quarters and um you know most of the manipulation was actually going on when i was you know still pitching and trying to pitch around that pain so now I'm, i feel way more consistent in what i 'm doing, and uh, I just have a lot, I, mean, I have a lot better feel for what i 'm doing so I'm really encouraged by that,
1: that that's that's great to hear because you when we were talking to Brian bridges a few weeks back, you were the guy that uh that he talked about as, as one of his favorite guys as one of the guys that he thought was was one of his favorites in the system, just for the way that you came in as a, as a guy that kind of Never quite, for whatever reason, moving around in college or whatever, you kind of had to float back and forth between the bullpen and the starting rotation. And then you come in here, and all of a sudden, you're surrounded by all this other young talent, and you're the one that took took the forefront. You were just mowing through people, progressing. And uh, i I could not believe, and I'll be honest, I didn't, I had no idea that you had that much going on uh, with your stuff, and just just watching it day in and day out, every start it was holy crap. Look at this kid.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, first off, Virgil's the man. He, uh, <laughs> you know, he takes good care. You know, he's, uh, he's down in Rome, uh, every now and then you get to see him and talk to him. And, um, uh, when they has some meetings down here in Orlando, uh, I got to catch up with him. Um, when it has, I think some scout meetings and he's just can't find a better dude. Really. I love that guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I think the biggest difference between the colleges I was at and when I entered pro ball, is uh, I was in pro ball, you know, I was allowed to fail. Um, you know it's here's the ball you know you're gonna take it every five days whether you know you're doing well or doing bad and you know we're gonna ride with you and in college it's just a different game um you know i'm not only affecting my career when i pitch bad but also that coach's career and his future earnings and his um you know and the whole college program as a whole so in college you know there's a little quicker hook if you're not getting the job done um which i you know at times i wasn't and uh you know i just i'm still growing in my body had a lot to learn and i think as i you know physically matured and kind of grew into myself and um just got more reps honestly um, i was finally able just to make that jump and everything kind of clicked and uh late 2015 and danville in 2016 danville you know i didn't have that really great in numbers uh year numbers wise but um developmentally um going from the bullpen in Houston to a five-day rotation in Danville Um, getting used to that uh, it was um, you know the results might might not have been there but I remember going into 2016 just super encouraged by what I built on there so do you have any, I would
0: imagine that, that you prefer to stay a starter for as long as you can, but you've got that bullpen experience from when you were at Houston and, and even some at Oxnard before that. Would you welcome a return to the bullpen if that got presented to you as a way to kind of limit mileage on, on the elbow now that it's repaired, Or do, do you have a preference? Where, where do
2: you sit on that? I enjoyed aspects of both of them. I mean, starting, I love having a routine and having that every five days, you know, here's the ball. And. Um, you know pitch as deep into a ball game as you can and you know try to win one for the team and uh, it's just a different animal in the bullpen you know I love the aspect you know bullpen guys get to compete every single day you get to lace up and you know, have a chance to get in that ball game um, I mean they're equally as important in a ball game in my eyes and and you know I'm just I've, throughout my career just kind of done whatever um, you know best fits for the team.
1: Sorry, you can be honest. Everybody knows every pitcher wants to remain a starter, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's ever, no one dreams of, of being of coming into the seventh inning, even though as important as those are. Uh, this year has been a fun, fun year for Braves fans as a whole. Uh, for you, it it's got to be. Is there any sort of conflicting emotions? You're seeing all your 2016 and 17 teammates coming up. Uh, Bryce just had a brilliant debut. Tukey came up and had another really strong debut that honestly is going to be even better in the longer run than what he showed that time uh, Colby got up here Soroka was killing it before he had some shoulder ailments uh, Gohar has gotten up here as well and Max Freed and then when you when you see those guys going, how much of that is uh, is just pride in your teammates how much of that is more of a, uh, a good competitive fire of saying all right now it's my turn
2: Um, it's, I mean, geez, I mean, all those names you just listed off, what a list of guys. Right? (laughs) Um, it's it's just, there's so ridiculous how many arms we have in the system. I mean, that's just the ones that made their debuts this year. But, I mean, I get fired up. Um, you know, down here in rehab, I always make it a point, um, to watch the guys' debuts and, you know, someone I came up with, you know, whether it be, you know, Toogie, Freed, Allard, like I'm always, I have the MLB app on my Xbox and, you know, I fire it up and I watch probably, I mean, I watched probably 80% of the Braves games, maybe 75%. Um, and, you know, it it gets me fired up. I mean, I'm just so – just because, like, I, you know, playing with those guys and seeing where they were, um, I mean, and seeing where they are now, uh, you know, you can't help to just be nothing but happy for those guys. Yeah, and, that uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, it doesn't mean – I mean, I didn't watch baseball for probably three or four months after my surgery just because I was just – i was being bitter
0: you getting but, twitchy <laughs>
2: i made it a point to watch you know when sims came up i made it a point to watch when ozzy came up when you know nukem um when uh, uh, uh free debuted later that year you know i made it a point to watch all those games just because you know those are my guys you know though we've done uh whether we have played with them or been through the you know braves de- developmental camps with them um i mean it's just it's just part of it um yeah i could you know text those guys and congratulate them and you know they've earned every single bit of it and it's uh you know it's just really cool to see other guys um live out their dream and you know i you know hopefully envision that for me for one day
1: any good natured ribbing going on if they have a tougher start
2: (laughs) no i leave it alone after uh after after a bad one but you know after a good one you know always in good fun and you know I'm I'm super excited to watch Tookie throw again because when he threw the other day, like he didn't even, I don't think he even had his good curveball going. So I mean I'm I'm pretty fired up to watch his next one.
1: That's what uh that's what I've been saying since his debut is that he didn't have his peak command there. That was that was incredibly exciting that time. Just wait till he's you know not quite as nervous. But uh there you meant you touched on this a little bit with with how deep the the arms are in the system. It's not just the arms, man. The hooks that some of you guys have in that system are unreal. When you talk about Tukeys, you talk about Allards, you talk about Freeds and Newcombs. You've got a fairly nasty hook yourself, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, how do you hold yours? Do you hold it typical curveball grip? Do you hold it spike grip? Or do you have your own little Patrick Weigel grip on the curve? Um, I'd say a, a pretty typical curveball grip. Uh, I might grip it going.
2: Um, so the horseshoe facing me with my hand on the seam and then my thumb, um, on the opposite seam. So when, you know, you go through it, I can flip up, I can pull down on my finger and flip up with my thumb to kind of get the spin going. And then, uh, my slider, um, it's almost like a modified four seam. I just tilt my fingers, um, differently. So my fingers will be kind of lined up on a four seam fastball. And if I want to throw my slider, I uh, kind of shift them towards the horseshoe and uh, just cut a
1: little bit. I was about so to say almost, know. almost set up like a traditional cutter grip. Yeah, almost. That's that's awesome. I always I always like asking pitchers about how they throw theirs because you can say I throw a fastball, but the way that somebody grips a fastball can be totally different person to person. Do you have any special pitches that you throw? Like anything that that you have just uh, has a, a, a different, whatever type of movement, but you have a, a, a different sort of pitch.
2: Um, I wouldn't say it's anything like special. I mean, my four seam—they're they're all pretty typical. Four seam, four seam, two seam, two seam. Um, and slider and curveball. Uh, I do feel, uh, you know, can't break it out in a game, but I mean, I have a—I have a pretty good knuckleball that I throw as my last warm up on my flat ground before every time I go in the bullpen. I throw a knuckleball to the catcher, <laughs> just and, to uh, keep him honest. That's the only little gimmick I have going on. Yeah, save that one for a, for a special time. If you're trying to embarrass somebody, or at least <laughs> accuse them, we we have like a running joke. You know, we, we all call you know our little gimmick pitches. You know, whatever. You know, you know, yeah, you know, y'all don't get to see it in a game, but you know, pitchers mess around with grips all the time. We always joke around. It's called the last resort.
1: You know, can't cut it. That's the pitch you're going to go to. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, anaball pitch for you yet, though. <laughs> no, not yet. That's okay. You got plenty of time to work on that little butterfly change or, or whatever it technically is that he throws. Uh, the other thing that a lot of people talk about when when we talk about you is the the leadership ability. Like when you put that picture up on Twitter about oh, of you getting back on the mound, that wasn't just you know some of your teammates that got hyped up about it. Everybody got hyped uh, when they saw you on that post about finally getting back on the mound. Everybody notices uh, your post congratulating the guys that you played with when they debut and, and just how much you're following. Is that something that... Uh, did you have to work on that or, or is that just something that comes naturally to you and something you've always had? Um,
2: uh, honestly, this is my time with the Braves. It's, kinda, it's really developed a lot because in my situation I was in, in college, um, I was bouncing around from school to school to school. Um, and so I didn't really have time to build bond, you know, solid bonds with a whole team like setting like that. Um, because I'd be, I you know, I was gone the next year. Um, so I mean, I, when Dave Tremblay was here and you know, I was talking to him the other day or not the other day, but you know, a while ago, uh, you know, my time with the Braves is the longest I've been with one team since, um, high school and even then i transferred in high school after my freshman year so i was only with my high school team for three years so i've actually been with the braves longer than any team i've actually done on my entire life so that time that i had to you know build bombs with the guys um in 2015 in danville um you know going to the uh, developmental camp going through instructs uh then that's i mean that team in 2016 in rome was just special um that was just a. Uh, I mean that's just a that's just a good group of guys. You know, there's no other way to explain that. It's just it's it's different than other, you know, other teams that we see and other teams that I've been on. It was just a different kind of bond on that team. Um, you know, as well in Mississippi, and Gwinnett. You know, we just all come up together and you know we're all just rooting for each other. We're all bouncing ideas off of each other. We're all you know, you know, I, everyone has my phone number. I have everyone's phone number. You know, we're always. You know, just reaching out and, uh, you know, seeing if you need anything or, you know, just reaching out to say, hey, what's up? You know, saw you the other night. looked really good. Um, you know, if someone struggled with something, you know, talk about grips, talk about mindset, pitching. I mean, it's all just, um, it's all just in the name of, you know, just us getting better.
1: That's going to, that was kind of going to tie into my next question is, uh, since you're right now, especially in the GCL, you're a little bit older than some of the other guys now. You've had. You definitely had more experience than a lot of those guys. Uh, are any of those younger guys kind of coming up to you a little bit and asking uh, asking for, for some advice on, on kind of transitioning from amateur ball into pro ball, the having to play a lot more often, a lot more frequently, and, and having to figure stuff out? Have you had to uh, kind of show some, some young guys the ropes yet?
2: Yeah, I've had an to talk to a couple guys. Um, you know, it could be kind of tough down here with a language barrier. Um, but... Um, you know, the best I can, especially, um, you know, a lot of the guys in rehab as well. Um, we got some young guys in rehab. Um, you know, I, I talked to uh, Tristan Beck and a couple other guys the other day for eight innings in Tampa uh, after my outing. You know, we got I was sitting there and watching the game, and it's very, um, you know, it just it just comes up. I mean, you can't help but talk about baseball and, um, you know, just having those conversations and just building relationships what it's all about just because you know that, you know, that that channel is open you know i'm open to talk to and uh, you know i'll to help out whenever i can
1: now everybody has been or at least in in my braves fandom and, and the, the guys that i talk to we've all been uh, wondering and you might not be able to reveal it yet but uh have, have the Braves told you your plan for the offseason, whether that be, I'm not necessarily saying that it is, but whether it be some uh, a good appearance in the AFL, a la Max Free last year, have they given you your offseason plan yet?
2: Um, I can say that I'll most likely um, be going to Instructs. And everything else is fluent. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's just how I feel and how I, I bounce back from outings and. You know, there's just kind of a, a lot that goes into it. But, um, we'll get some stuff finalized, hopefully, uh, going forward. So at least as far as ramping up your innings,
0: you know, you had two one-inning appearances in the GCL, and then earlier this week you had the, the three-inning appearance. Um, it, you're just ramping up to go full speed for now and just seeing what you can do uh, with the elbow in its current form?
2: Uh, that three-inning is actually a typo. That uh, That never happened. I only went one inning, and then the other two innings are Tristan Beck's innings um, that they gave me credit for. So actually, I've only gone one inning each time out. <laughs> so retract that. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, this is why
0: you never scout the
1: stat line. Yep. <laughs> well, man, I don't. I might not have revealed that. I might just be like, yeah, no, I've just been straight up dominating. You know, going one innings now, I just pump out three like it's nothing. Whatever. <laughs>
2: Nah, I mean he. Had, I mean, I claim him. I mean, he pitched two two scoreless. So, I mean, I'm I'm okay with claiming them. Believe me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That's uh, that's great. So, do you feel like there's there's more or less pressure on you now than than there was before? Because as it stood, like Dylan kind of touched on earlier, it looked like you were going to be the first man up, and and now that everybody else has kind of made it, you don't have to be just kind of standing out there by yourself. You can find yourself in a situation where you're up there with Max and Colby and,
2: and Soroka and all these guys. So, so what do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully when that time comes, it'll definitely be a more familiar clubhouse. Um, you know, as far as the timing of the injury and timing of all that happened, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty Christian guy. Um, and I just, I, you know, I, I truly believe everything happens in God's timing and, um, you know, for whatever reason that that happened, that, that happened to me. Um, I know that, you know, if I am to get there, it'll happen when I'm when it's supposed to happen. And, you know, I kind of cling to that and there there's no, you know, other than internal pressure that I put on myself, you know, I can't, um, I wouldn't say there's any change in pressure or anything like that. Um, I just, every time I go out, every time they give me the ball for whatever team that is, I'm going to go out there and, pitch the best of my abilities and you know do my best to try to win a ball game.
1: now the Braves have a pretty storied history with pitchers I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not um, three Hall of Famers just happen to go in um, have you gotten to talk with any of the Braves pitchers of old and if so which one was your favorite to talk with
2: um, I actually haven't gotten to talk to um, any of the uh, old uh, the the '90s brace pitchers. Uh, I got to meet. Actually, I met um, Steve Avery at um, a, a at a ceremony, uh, like an award ceremony type thing, in 2016. Um, and I got to meet Phil Negro, um, but there weren't really conversations about pitching. It was just kind of like, "Hey, like, nice to meet you. It's honor to meet you," and kind of stuff like that. Um, you yeah, know, most <clears throat> um, uh, you know the interactions I've had are just with. Uh, you know coaches on staff and uh, minor league development Um, they pretty much what i got
1: any of them of course
2: dan dan meyer legend
1: (laughs) (laughs) is there any of them that you any pitcher whether it's in the game now or or from when you were younger any pitcher you'd be starstruck to meet uh
2: probably there are two of them uh nolan ryan and bob gibson um those are my dad's favorite pitchers and when i was growing up and pitching and he those were the two guys that he wanted me to be like i guess and mentality wise and in stuff wise he wanted me to you know um you know, be aggressive and have you know i've always had kind of a hard fastball and and uh just that you know that killer instinct that killer attitude and uh i mean my my room has always been decked out in nolan ryan stuff and and uh and stuff like that so i think those would be the guys that i'd be kind of starstruck just because i know what they meant um me playing baseball growing up it meant to my dad
1: so what you're saying is we can expect 97 mile an hour brushback pitches and if it comes down to uh tangling with the other squad you've got the headlock game on
2: (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) hopefully it wouldn't come to that (laughs) Well,
0: Patrick, I know that you got to go. Uh, thank you so much for the time that you have given us. But before we do let you go, is there anything that you want to say uh, to Braves Country who is who is tuned into this episode?
2: Uh, yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, in my time in rehab and I just wanna, and in my minor league career, I just want to give a thank you to Braves Country just for all the support I've received um, through social media, through um, just meeting people in spring training or wherever I am and are coming up to me during games um all the letters that i've received um i'm still working on getting some people's cards back um but i sh- i truly appreciate all the support and um those things don't go unnoticed and um i'm not only speaking for myself but for our, um you know minor leaguers and um we just we, we appreciate what you guys do
1: well there you go that's i think all you've done right there is now you've made new fans out of a ton of all the little kids that have been sending you letters. Uh, (laughs) Do you have, and I I, I know we're about to let you go, but I have one other thing that I have to ask. Uh, What is your favorite pitch that you throw? Not necessarily your best pitch. What is your personal favorite? Like, if you could throw this pitch a hundred times, what would be your pitch? Uh, Fastball. Just, uh, four-seam
2: fastball. I I just, I don't know if you guys watched the documentary Fastball, um, but they talk about like, there's just no better feeling than brewing back and just letting one go and just blowing it by a guy. There's (laughs) just, there's just no better feeling than that. Well,
1: that is fantastic. Now, uh, I'm sure most of the people that listen to our show are already following you, but if you aren't, you guys need to hurry up and follow him. It is at PWAGS 42, correct? That is, that's on Twitter. I, uh, I don't have Instagram anymore. I don't have Facebook. So twitter pwags 42 so twitter is it and uh maybe if he likes you enough he'll let you start calling him the paddy wagon if you drop this the spongebob reference along with it (laughs) maybe we'll see (laughs) all right well i don't feel a lot of hope for that one uh once again though patrick thank you so much for joining us it has been a pleasure my friend awesome thank you all for having me i truly appreciate it (laughs) whoo what a fun interview patrick weigel has quickly and immediately jumped up My list of favorite Braves um, I now want that man to succeed More than any Really probably than any other prospect I'm, I'm going to be completely honest He now has a fanboy in me
0: Oh same I already wanted this to, uh, for him to succeed But now he's uh, he's my number one And uh, I got the Patrick Weigel tattoo uh, Between segments
1: That's right I'm going to have to get his jersey number tattooed on my back uh, it, 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 it was an amazing It was just amazing to talk to him I mean, The the, the air about him The the way he carries himself Fantastic uh, Just phenomenal Really glad that he came on Really glad we got to do that But there are other things in Braves country to talk about And for the most part They are fun things to talk about As uh, you guys are listening to this on a Friday We're recording on Wednesday So back to our normal day this week uh, Tuesday night we got to see Yet another 20 year old make his debut Or er, Monday night I'm sorry Monday night we got to see yet another Brave make their debut and one bryce wilson who quite frankly uh he has surpassed we we mentioned that he's on the soroka track before um he surpassed that like this what he's been this year has been the gohara track from a season ago where just flying up through every rank in the system dominating all along the way comes in uh to pnc park last night or monday night i keep saying last night monday night and uh he showed you exactly what he's done all year That man just pounds the strike zone And since they switched him to the Four seam fastball man he is Absolutely killing it uh, if you're On Twitter you saw Jason Waddell Freaking out about it as, as Jason has always Wanted to do he is such a fun guy full of emotion And uh, he and Ralph Lipschitz Who we on, who we had on last week uh, Both two of the highest guys on Bryce Wilson in addition to a lot of the Braves scouting staff But what was your takeaways in his five innings of work Doc it's the
0: oldest twenty year old I've ever seen, man. He just—he's he never built. scared, never backed down from anything. You know, his stuff looked great. And you got Dickerson and Frazier, you know, two two swinging strikeouts to start his career. I mean, from there, I think he just—I thought, stri- thought he was going to—I
1: thought he was going to strike out the side in his first inning
0: i know me too and and i'll tell you what man for i have been lucky enough to uh, for writing for talking chop I, I was uh i drew game coverage night on soroka's debut and tukey's debut and now bryce's so i mean i was gonna wind up watching these games anyway so getting to actually like drill into them and pay really close attention to them it's been uh it's been kind of a blessing man and i just i I know that they're, they're trying to game the system a little bit with, you know, Bryce is going to come up, it's going to be a spot start for now, and then maybe Tukey will wind up being the next sixth man and maybe freed after that. But there's going to come a point. Rosters are going to expand really soon, and all these guys are going to be up. So I, I'm just, I know it's a five-inning sample size, and but the guy started in high A.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah I mean, what else, what else can you say? He's just, he's just a bulldog. I mean, that's three levels in one season. Uh, that, that That is incredible, although I do, I do think Gohara beat him. I think Gohara had four in one season, if I'm not mistaken, last year, right? It was low A, high A, double, triple.
0: No, he, he uh, started in, in uh, Florida it was the same as well. Gohara came up in September, so Bryce technically beat him, and Bryce is also two days younger than... Than Acuna is I mean this
1: is that makes this Bryce, is special, is That, this that makes crazy. Bryce the second Youngest player to debut this year right Behind Juan Soto Yeah that's right and the youngest pitcher uh, Awesome Awesome to see also my uh, Michael Kopech got his debut Tuesday night uh, which was fun for the two innings he got before a stupid rainout ruined that. Cause he looked good too. But talking about Bryce, the thing that I like so much is he's kind of a throwback pitcher. And during the interview with Patrick, he talked about how much he loves his fastball, and that's his favorite pitch to throw. Bryce is the same way. Bryce is a heavy fastball guy. You don't really see that anymore. If you guys haven't taken the time to notice, uh, com, where I write for, uh, I put out a piece today on Wednesday morning uh, detailing. Uh, uh, things that we'll, we'll get into a little bit later about why I wrote the article. But the, the bigger – one of the takeaways from that is is how down traditional fastballs are, where they're down about 10% from what they were in 2002. Uh, so pitchers are, are going away from your traditional four-seam fastball. Not Bryce, man. He, is, he pounds the zone with that fastball. He was locating all over the place. And when you throw 95, 96 – it's fast anyway but when Bryce throws man it it looked like it was getting on hitters even faster than it was like there was a lot of late pop on that fastball
0: no doubt and and the fact that he he's a, not afraid to throw it to anybody in any count it's we talked about Matt Whistler uh, now Cincinnati red Matt Westler um, and even when his stuff was working he just looked timid on the mound all the time. Like Bryce Wilson wants to bowl you over all the time. And it's apparent. That's that's a cool thing. Like all these guys that, that, that have come up, um, t- you saw it most of all with two but You see it with Bryce, too, where it's got that kind of level of swag. It's like, <laughs> I know I can get you out. What? You know, <laughs> good luck trying to hit this. So it's. Yeah, that's that's a special picture.
1: And what I like about Bryce a lot is I think he's going to be a guy that goes deeper into games than traditional. I'm not one of these guys that thinks, oh, we got to have seven innings out of every starter again. That's not feasible, folks. Take a look at the league. The average for a major league starter is five innings. So technically, for everybody complaining, the Braves are actually above average in the length of time that their starters go in games. But Bryce is a guy that I could see averaging over six innings a game just because of the the sheer amount of strikes he throws like he, he i don't think he's a high pitch count guy because he works in the zone so much he's gonna get his strikeouts but he's gonna get a lot of contact too, a lot of weaker contact because he stays so close to the zone and i think that that's great for the braves to have and you mentioned his mentality uh it goes back to him being quite quite an established football player uh, a three-star middle linebacker running back uh in in. North Carolina, where he was actually going to go play at North Carolina. Um, has some really fun tape. If you want to go back and watch his football tape, that's really fun to watch too. Very, uh, very fun to see him playing some football too. Um, but his slider last night was really good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Now it didn't. You know, it wasn't a, a crazy amount of break like an Ottavino. Uh, it wasn't crazy fast like an Araldis Chapman. This was, was about 83, 84, But it had a lot of late movement on there, where it looked kind of like a like he was throwing a changeup, and then about maybe about uh, 57 feeds when it started breaking and breaking. He got, uh, I believe it was Josh Bell that he made just look foolish on a backdoor slider that came from off the zone, right down, right knee high, middle of the plate.
0: I know that Joe Simpson is uh, nobody's favorite guy, but he did make a really good point about Bryce's stuff the other night, talking about the velocity separation, talking about how it's just enough to keep them so off balance. That might might be why he was able to – to take such big steps forward this year is that it's not such a noticeable discrepancy between each individual pitch where it's like, okay, you can, I mean, there's absolute microseconds that you have to determine what a pitch is and where it's going to be and whether you're going to swing at it or not.
1: Quarter of a second for a batter to recognize and swing.
0: So if it's, if it comes out of your hand looking like a fastball and then if you even have the slightest amount of hesitation, you're going to wind up with off balance swings and, and whatnot. A lot of what you saw, Bryce, inducing the other night.
1: It was quite frankly, it was fantastic to see. I mean, his his changeup, uh his changeup is is not a typical speed for a changeup. It's about it works eighty six to eighty eight. But when you take into account a ninety five to ninety seven mile an hour fastball, that's almost ten miles of difference. That's fantastic. And he keeps the same arm action. It's a traditional change rather than a circle change, which if it has the right fade, like Bryce's was showing Monday night, if it has the right amount of fade, then that can work more as a strikeout pitch as opposed to a circle change. A circle change is pretty obvious from the grip and from the release. Uh, a straight change, it, it looks like a fastball because basically you're just pushing the ball back farther into your hand to, to give your hand more surface time on the ball, which slows it down. So, fantastic looking at Bryce he's not the only body only person who's looked good. we already talked about Tukey uh in his debut and uh Patrick talked about him a little bit as well he's been he was saying what we were saying uh, uh last week that there is more from Tukey to come like that was that was nervous Tukey that was not a plus game Tukey like that was that was one of his weaker starts type Tukey and that I cannot wait and uh I wonder I think I think you're dead on about uh, they're gonna kinda rotate him around a little bit till rosters expand. I think Tukey'll get a start here uh, within the next week or two. He'll come up and be that six man, uh, get himself another another outing out there, which is fantastic for a team that's playing as many games in a row as the Braves are. Uh, to have to have guys like Bryce and Tukey and Max Fried, who you call up as a quote unquote six man, but they're probably better than you know. They're better than two two options at least in your starting rotation right now. It's not your traditional uh, spot start type of guy. We're used to it being Lucas Sims or, or Matt Whistler, and now we've got guys that are probably better than half the rotation coming up for a spot start.
0: Bryce and Tsuki threw. No, Bryce threw a shutout. Soroka and Tsuki both allowed one one and run. I mean, these are these are this is the future. And when you start looking at Let's just assume that the Braves are going to make the playoffs here, okay? Um, so every, it was like everybody had their mind blown a couple of years ago when the Indians were in it, and Francona, would, instead of using the traditional starter, then one inning apiece out of relievers, or maybe the occasional loogie-type thing, where it was like everybody was throwing three innings. This is where and we everybody's joked about you know the Braves are gonna do great if they can have a twelve man rotation or whatever. In the playoffs, having twelve starters, that's exactly what you want, because you're not burning arms out. You can kind of get on the on the shorter appearances to where you're going from somebody who is used to being able to throw two, three in- innings at a time. Like can you imagine going faulty Tukey, bryce for a game? You know what I mean, instead of having to go faulty venters mentor or brock and Sabatka, whatever you know these are guys that are like they are skilled at kind of stretching things out so i think that that could be a huge
1: huge advantage for the playoffs now i want you to hold off on that on the playoff talk we're going to get to that in just a second before we do i do have some uh, i do have to say a little bit of uh, of a uh, an apology for to uh, to Kevin Gosman, I was not real excited about the Gaussman edition. Uh, everybody can tell me all they want about how they thought that, oh, I knew he was going to be good. Well, I'm going to call you a liar. Uh, because nothing in Gosman's profile looked like he was going to be nearly as good as he's been for the Braves so far. Last night throws eight innings uh, of shutout ball. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, everything has been working for him since coming over here. And the one thing that, that leads me to believe is, Roger McDowell is worse than I thought, and I thought I didn't think it could be worse than I thought, but uh, apparently he is because this Kevin Gosman is what the Orioles drafted, I believe, was fourth overall out of LSU. This Gosman that the Braves are getting right now is the Gosman that they expected to get, and they got nothing like this.
0: He he's cut back on the strikeouts a bunch, but this is what happens when you have a good defense, you know. Anthopolis has been stressing it since day one We we got to improve the defense and he has pitched better. I mean, just the mental aspect of it has got to be different going from being 200 games under 500 and, and eliminated from playoff contention in, in late April, like the Orioles were to, to being on a team that has, has a good shot of, of making it to the playoffs. I mean, that can be a big, big weight off his of shoulders, but I mean, he's, He's a ground ball guy. You know, he's always had uh, ground ball rates in the high 40s, uh, low 50s. So if you, you've got to have short handed defenders. And so say what you will about Dansby. Dylan, I, I know
1: you will say what you will about Dansby. But sure his will. defense has taken huge steps forward this year. And let Ozzie me pause you. Is- hold on, hold on. Let me pause you because let me just say this. The play that Dansby made on that short hop last night, that was incredible. I'm actually, I'm actually really pissed off that it was only number seven on ESPN's top ten because that play that he made was far more impressive than any home run. That was – let me tell you from somebody that played a, a decently high level, we'll say relatively high compared to some, that play on a short hop, that with that little reaction, that play was unheard of. Now, there's probably a little bit of luck involved in that. Not that I'm taking away from the play. Anytime somebody makes a play like that, there's a little bit of luck because you have to hope that you put the glove in the exact right spot. And when they take short hops, it goes weird. That play was astounding. Like, I I'm not Dan's biggest fan. Everybody knows that. But when I saw that hand went over my mouth, just a little. (gasps) Oh, wow. And uh, that was. He's not Simba, but man, that was uh, that was impressive. Now, it's not to say that uh, I'm suddenly going to be wearing Dansby jerseys all the time everywhere, but I will give the young man his props. Not only that, he hit—he has his first multi-homer game, so props to Dansby last night. Uh, he's in a nice little nice little groove right now, as long as people aren't throwing him sliders down and away. Um, there, there's a book on it, man. You throw Dansby stuff up and in, and he can turn on it, and he can crush it. So congrats to Dansby for a phenomenal game last night. Congrats to Kevin Gosman for an astounding game last night as well. Now, you mentioned the playoff rotation. Now I want to get into it because if you were listening on 6A to the Fan Wednesday morning, uh, you'll have heard me talking about this morning as the turtle, whatever. Um, we were talking about playoff rotations and, and what guys like Bryce and Tukey mean in terms to a playoff rotation. There's, I think the Braves are lucky in that there's, one, they're going to make the playoffs, folks. It's going to happen. Um, there, there's a few different ways that they could approach this. Normally, when you go into a playoff rotation, you drop the fifth starter, put him in the bullpen, and you run a four-man rotation because there's enough space in between games where everybody can still work off normal rest. So in that case, you'd have to figure, and stop me if I'm wrong, but in a four-man rotation, you're figuring it's going to be uh, Fultonavich, Gaussman, Newcomb, uh, and then I would imagine Julio would get a start at least in the first series. If not Julio, then it would be uh, probably a Max Fried, Uh, but... The Braves. They still got they still got Annabal Sanchez though. See, here's the thing about Annabal. Love what he's done this year. Like he's still a pumpkin. At some point, at some point, Cinderella's clock is going to strike midnight on Anibal. I don't want it to be in the playoffs. But if he's still pitching the same way, fine. Uh, any of those three, I think, would be your fourth one. They're all close enough in relative terms to me. Because uh, let, let's let's stop pretending like Julio's been horrible. His last few starts have been outstanding. The bullpens let him down, um, but. Getting back to that, the Braves are in this fun position where they've been working with essentially a six man rotation for like the last month, and it's worked out phenomenally. Sean Newcomb is much better with an extra day of rest than he is with a day less of rest. Folty has been very strong working on a day normal rest or a day after rest. Uh and, and a lot of these young guys have a lot of a lot more innings on their arm than they're used to, particularly the bullpen. So if they go with the four man rotation, you got to imagine Bryce and Tukey will be in the pin, especially Tukey, because he has such an experience with it. Bryce, for his ability to come in and throw strikes right away, they'll be big parts of the pin. Uh, because guys like Minter and Winkler, they've already surpassed the innings that they've had on their arms up to this point. I tend to think that some of it has to be them managing his innings. I just want to see Sam Freeman, so I don't don't even want him on my playoff roster. But he's a different guy, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Same thing with, with some of the other guys. But if you want to go with your normal rotation, if you don't want to mess with what's working, then I wouldn't be shocked to see and have all of your normal guys and then have Bryce be that sixth guy because Tukey is already so familiar coming out of the pin, or one of those two or Max Freed. It gives you so many options going into it. You can pull Astros and have one of them be your Lance McCullers and one of them be your Colin McHugh or or Brad Peacock, whatever. And you've essentially shortened the game down to you're only going to have to use two or three pitchers, which saves the rest of your bullpen for the entire series. So... I don't know which way I prefer. Which one do you prefer?
0: I Like I was kind of kind of saying before, I think the fact that there's so many guys that have been starting this year could wind up being used to their advantage. Um, I would be inclined to start free instead of using him out of the bullpen. I feel like that is so much better of a place for him. I and agree. I think that guy, yeah, I, th- I think guys like Tukey and Bryce would work better out of the pen, you know, pitching fourth, fifth, sixth, or some, something like that. Um I I think that having guys that can give you multiple innings and overpower is, is really, really important because, you know, guys are going to be swinging out of their shoes in the playoffs to, you know, to make something big happen, you know, and you, momentum swings easier in the playoffs than it, than it does in the regular season. So having guys like that, I think, I think it can be a, a really, really big asset to have. And besides, I mean, I'm not the one who makes the decisions, but I would feel much more comfortable. I don't care if he's 20 years old. If it's Game Seven in the World Series and the sixth inning, and the Braves are holding a, a two to one lead. I feel much better about bringing in Bryce Wilson and Sam
1: Freeman. I would agree. Chad Saboka is another guy that we really should be giving more more discussion time to. Unfortunately, we're running out of time on this episode, so I am going to make sure that we talk about Saboka next week. But Saboka is a guy that uh, don't don't. Don't let it get lost what he's done this year and the levels that he's dropped up this year. Saboka is a guy that he might not have the most refined control right now, but when I'm looking at him, man, he he looks to be a player that I think is going to be a feature in this bullpen for in the back end of this bullpen for a long time.
0: Me too, me too. And he he's such a great story too. He was another Tommy John guy. He battled injuries for his entire career, and he he like Bryce. And the last year started in Florida and just kept getting better and better and better. And sometimes you got you got to wonder about those guys, whether or not they're gonna pick it up. But for all of the shuffling that's been going on in the bullpen, Sobotka still up. He's not been optioned since he first came up. So the, the front office obviously likes what they're <laughs> well, seeing,
1: Well, it's hard to option somebody averaging 15 strikeouts per nine. Uh, yeah, a heavy, heavy fastball. He's a big dude, and he's got a fantastic looking breaker as well. So I'm super excited to keep seeing some Saboka, even though he gave up his first. He gave up his first run since his call up last night uh had, had another couple strikeouts i am a big fan of sabaka uh look forward to seeing him some more um we're just lightly real quick next week we're gonna have a fun episode with uh with steve from abt atlanta braves talk um so that'll be a fun episode we are going to recap in part we're going to recap some of my article that i posted up on com today uh if you get a chance Please take a look. It is a, in my humble opinion, um, it is a very good take on why some of these old men in baseball need to adapt with the game that supposedly they love when adaptation is the number one part of baseball. uh, I I go and explain why hitters are are into this three true outcomes type of style. Uh, We don't have time to get into it today. Needless to say, uh, a lot of these old men, and some not so well, but some of these greats of the game are doing a major disservice to Major League Baseball, and it's time that they take a lot of the snark out of it and start to educate themselves a little bit, or at least stop, stop acting and reacting like a fan and start realizing things through the lens of of a former great of the game. And start start looking at it through the player's eyes today. Uh, that is all we have for this week though. So once again, big thanks to Patrick Weigel, a big man who has big expectations heaped on him, especially here at the Platinum Sombrero. We are, we are so excited to continue watching him. We can't wait. Uh, really enjoyed having him on the show. If you're not following him already, make sure you're following him on Twitter at PWags42. That is the only destination to follow Patrick Weigel and the only destination to get guests such as Patrick Weigel and such as Brian Bridges, such as Jason Waddell on your podcast networks, is to follow the Platinum Sombrero, follow us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at TPS underscore podcast. Send us likes and some, some reviews, what have you everybody out there. Have a great week. We will catch you guys next week, right here on the Platinum Sombrero. <laughs>
2: I hope that you go far. If you really wanna taste some real success, you're gonna play guitar, play it down. Play it down, play guitar. Oh yeah. Play it down. Play guitar.
0: play it down. Oh, okay, thanks, bye.